You are tuned to your community-supported radio station, KVMR-FM, Nevada City, KCPC Camino. It's 6 p.m. Thursday, March 23rd. I'm Joyce Miller, and this is the KVMR Evening News. There's good news for storm survivors. Some of you might qualify to jump the line at the building department when you go to repair the damage. KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza has the details. A decision on the Idaho-Maryland Mine Project draws ever closer. If you want to attend the next public hearing, put May 10th on your calendar. We've also got the California Report and the Weather Report and an essay by Molly Fisk. This is the California Report. I'm Maddie Bolaños in San Francisco. Salmon fishermen are bracing for a tough year. Regulators have signaled they'll close the season off the coast of California. KQED's Danielle Venton explains. Well, we might as well get started. Good evening, everyone. At a hearing of the Pacific Fishery Management Council in Santa Rosa this week, fishermen were upset. How do we, how do we build a business? How do we have our family? Very home, look at my kid and be like, I lost my job today. Tim Obert is a commercial fisherman out of Santa Cruz. While he faces a hard year, he is largely supportive of this ban, as is the industry. The feds estimate that very few salmon are in the ocean waiting to be caught. They're all needed to spawn in rivers and seed the next generation. We support a closure of the season reluctantly. I'm for the season closure. Just I believe it would be irresponsible for us to go off fishing this year. Salmon are declining because of not enough cold-flowing water in rivers. Fishermen largely blame the situation on politicians and water managers who they say favored agriculture over the environmental protections designed for fish during the last several dry years. Here's Alex Borman, commercial fisherman in Sebastopol. We all need to raise public awareness of this problem. You know, like, we, we don't need to supply the whole world with nets. The last time salmon season closed in 2008 and 9, the industry received financial assistance. Fishermen are hopeful that that will happen again, but they say it doesn't make up for the losses and that they would much rather fish. That was KQED's Daniel Venton. L.A. Unified Schools are closed once again on this third and final day of a worker strike. But there is some optimism on both sides as Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass has stepped in to try to mediate the dispute. Still, a spokesperson for SEIU Local 99, the union representing bus drivers, teachers' aides, custodians, and other workers, would not rule out another walkout down the line if their demands aren't met. The union wants a 30 percent across-the-board salary increase. The district has countered with a 23 percent pay raise. Support for the California Report comes from Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at Guideline.com slash CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. Hint, fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from DrinkHint.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport, to help restore ocean health. On the web at 11thHourRacing.org. As the latest atmospheric river ravaged the state, some communities are left with more mess to clean up. In the Merced County town of Planada, residents are still recovering from the flooding in January that left the town inundated with water. 
Most recently, in the rural farmworking community of Pajaro in Monterey County, a breach levy put 3,000 people out of their homes. And now, residents in small towns in Tulare County are working around the clock to prevent major damage from flooding in their area. Sarait Martinez is executive director of the Centro Binacional para el Desarrollo Indígena Oaxaqueño, a community organization that supports farm workers across California. She joins me now to discuss the short and long-term impacts of these extreme weather events on farm workers. Hi, Sarait. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Earlier this week, the Monterey County Board of Supervisors sent a letter to the governor explaining that some of the fields inundated with water would be fallowed for up to three years due to contamination from the recent flooding. What does this mean for the community of farm workers that call this area home? For communities uh, like Pajaro, like Planada, usually in this month in March, people start working uh, to prepare for the high peak of, of the work season. Farm workers work year-round to save up money to work and live in the winter time. And this winter has been devastated for community, um, not only because last year the season was short and inconsistent because of the drought that the state faced, but now with the rains, like workers are already maxed up of their savings from last year's uh, worth of work. And President Biden approved the state of California's emergency declaration request earlier this month, making federal disaster assistance available to supplement state, tribal, and local response efforts. Will farm workers be able to access the support too? Uh, well, many workers are undocumented. And either they don't qualify, if they qualify, it's for, you know, their children. But even then, like, like parents don't want to apply because that also puts them at risk or like to give their information. There's no trust in the government. We have many families, uh, even in Pajaro, that didn't want to go to shelters, that decided to go live with families just because of the fear of accessing those type of resources. Um, so people are, don't have the safety net, even if the government provides uh, this type of assistance, it usually does not get to undocumented workers or are too afraid to, to use it. What can be done to bridge that gap between the government and these workers? Working with community-based organizations that have the trust in the community is important. Uh, it's important to get information in their language uh, because we have a big community of mixed eco speakers Mixteco um, workers that need information, not just in Spanish, but in, in Mixteco or other indigenous languages. And how can people who want to help help these communities? Yes, so we're really inviting community members to get engaged in their local communities um, to not only provide direct support or the donations, but also to call the legislature, to call the representative, to call the governor, we believe that there needs to be um, an infrastructure that needs to be built because this keeps happening. If it's not uh, COVID, if it's not the drought, or if it's not fires, it's, it's water, uh, it's the rain, then the most impacted continue to be undocumented workers and undocumented farm workers in the state. That was Sarait Martinez, executive director of the Centro Binacional para el Desarrollo Indígena Oaxaqueño. Thank you so much, Sarait. Thank you so much for having me. And that's the California Report for Thursday, March 23rd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. And just a note, March Madness continues tonight, and there's three California teams that have made it to the Sweet 16. 
both the men's and women's basketball team from UCLA and the San Diego State men's team are still alive for the NCAA championship. Good luck to all three. And we'll bring you the latest on the California City's March Madness tomorrow. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. In regional news, May 10th, that's the date of the Nevada County Planning Commission's next public hearing on the proposed reopening of the Idaho-Maryland mine. The planning department said in a news release today that it will issue a formal notice of public hearing in mid-April. The county is encouraging residents who want updates on the process to subscribe to online updates at nevadacountyca.gov slash IMMRISE. That same link can tell you how to go about submitting a comment at the hearing. The public hearing will start at 9 a.m. and run until 5 p.m. May 10th, which is a Wednesday. It will continue the next morning at 9, as needed. It will take place in the Board of Supervisors Chamber at the Rood Center in Nevada City. The final environmental impact report and the timeline for the mine project, proposed by a company known as Rise Grass Valley, can be viewed on the county website. Print copies are available at the County Planning Department, the Madeline Helling Library, and the Grass Valley Library. What are the next steps? After the public hearing, the Planning Commission will make a recommendation on the project to the Nevada County Board of Supervisors. Public hearings before the supervisors will come next. Then that body will make a final decision on whether the project will go forward. Nevada County and Sierra Roots are opening the cold weather shelter Friday and Saturday nights due to cold temperatures in the forecast. The shelter will open at 4.30 p.m. both nights and accept guests until 8 p.m. It's located in the lower level of the Veterans Hall at 415 North Pine Street in Nevada City. The shelter closes at 7.30 each morning. The Sacramento Bee reports that Stevie Nicks has postponed Sunday's concert at the Golden One Center in Sacramento due to a COVID illness in her band. The former Fleetwood Mac singer-songwriter posted on her Twitter page Wednesday afternoon that she is postponing tonight's show at the San Francisco Chase Center as well as Sunday's concert at Golden One. She didn't mention if her Las Vegas show, scheduled for Friday night, will take place as planned. The Post said dates for the two Northern California shows will be rescheduled shortly. And now to your regional weather. A frost advisory is in the forecast from Friday morning at 4 to 9 a.m. Sunday due to overnight temperatures of 28 to 36 degrees. A distant early warning for next week, another cold storm is expected Monday through Wednesday with snow levels down to 2,500 feet. In Nevada City and Grass Valley tonight, rain showers possibly mixing with snow after midnight, then gradually ending. Little or no snow accumulation is expected. An overnight low of 27 could mean widespread frost early Friday. The skies will gradually become sunny as the day goes on with a high near 47. More frost Friday night, then mostly cloudy with a low around 28. Tonight in Truckee and Lake Tahoe, expect snow showers and a low around 11. New snow accumulation of up to 3 inches is possible. West winds could hit 15 miles per hour with gusts up to 25 miles per hour. Friday, mostly sunny with a high near 33 and west wind up to 10 miles per hour with gusts to 20 miles per hour. Friday night, mostly cloudy with a low around 11 and winds subsiding. 
In Sacramento and Woodland tonight, a chance of early evening showers, then gradually clearing with a low in the mid-30s. West-southwest wind to 13 miles per hour, becoming northwest after midnight, with gusts up to 18 miles per hour. Early Friday will be frosty, then sunny, with a high near 58. Friday night, mostly cloudy, with a low around 36. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. If a fallen tree crushed your roof, say, or if you have other property damage related to our recent storms and you live in the unincorporated area of Nevada County, the next story could come as very good news. The county's emergency proclamation will allow you to jump the line for building permits and some fees will be waived. KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza runs down the details. While spring is officially here, and most of the snow in western Nevada County has melted away, many residents are still dealing with the effects of the heavy snowfall and violent winds from late February and early March storms that left almost 18,000 customers without power and thousands without telecommunication services. According to Allison Lehman, CEO of Nevada County, countywide damages reported to date total almost $5 million dollars and via the county storm survey, over 800 residents have reported approximately $21 million in total losses. In response, Nevada County's supervisors made an emergency proclamation to support the community's recovery. Residents and business owners with storm damage repairs in unincorporated Nevada County will receive priority permitting and have local fees waived for repair permits. This will go on for at least one calendar year to February 24th of 2024, so you have plenty of time to get your repairs done. That's George Shurick, Nevada County Building Director. If you have a house that has a roof that's been damaged and you want to come in here today or early next week with your drawings and so forth, we'll move you up and we'll put you on the front of line rather than somebody who's doing a project that's not related to the storm damage. There are multiple options to start the process. Assuming you have power and internet, you can go to our nevadacountyca.gov website and go through the building department and you can apply online. And a lot of times if you have a design professional, an engineer or an architect doing your drawings, they've done this many times through the portal that we have on our website. And so they can help you out in that process as well. I asked George what the procedure was for people who are not connected to the Internet or wanted to handle matters in person. Well, generally it's walk-in only, but if you have a design professional and you, and you want to meet at a specific time, absolutely call in advance. Generally, our hours for the counter are generally 8 to 3.30 most days, 8 to 4 some other days. If you want an appointment, say, for between 9 and 2, just call in and say, hey, I'd like to be there at 10 or 11.30. We'll make room for you because, you know, we want to get you up and going and on the path to repairing or rebuilding your property. George did remind me that this service was for residents of unincorporated Nevada County. People who live in incorporated towns or cities should look to their own permitting departments. Just for your other Nevada County residents, make sure you're actually in the county before you come to us, because you may be in Nevada City, or you may be in Grass Valley, or you may be in the Truckee area where they have their own permitting and planning departments, and so you may fall underneath them. 
And so just make sure you're coming to the right place to, to get your proper permits. To book an appointment online with Nevada County, go to nevadacountyca.gov slash 2886 slash book dash an dash appointment or call 530-265-1222. For KVMR, I'm Claudio Mendoza. And now, Molly Fisk. Molly Fisk, Observations from a Working Poet. It's raining, which is a boon and a godsend and a pain in the neck, all at the same time. I am glad our California drought has eased. The aerial photos of the Oroville Dam spillway rushing with white water are a wonderful sight. I'm glad my daffodils are blooming even as raindrops bash them on the head. Can you tell I'm trying to be optimistic here? Fake it till you make it. I'm glad my taxes are half done, even though I don't want to complete them. It's an annual wonder to me that I supported myself through another year as a regionally hemi-demi-semi-famous poet with a life coaching practice on the side. The odds are so slim, and yet here I am again, solvent and moderately cheerful. I'm very glad the power is on, despite wind and rain and cracking branches, although walking my laundry basket up the stairs to the other house in the rain is annoying, and the dried clothes get wet again on the way back, unless I'm incredibly spry about it. I'm glad the used washer and dryer I bought ten years ago are still chugging away, and I don't have to go to a laundromat. There's something definitely middle class about having your own laundry set up. The time and hassle and forethought it saves makes a big difference, although sometimes I miss the camaraderie I felt in laundromats when I lived in cities. Seeing neighbors and strangers, everyone working at this mundane human task together. People hoarding the big dryers or lending each other quarters, the usual gamut of human behavior. I'd make laundry dates with friends, and we'd drink coffee and sit in those molded plastic bucket chairs on Saturday mornings and yak. Fun in your 20s, maybe a bit less so in your 60s, though I still go out to wash the big items, comforters, sleeping bags, curtains, anything that needs a larger machine than I possess. Often there's an attendant around to sell you a tiny bottle of laundry soap because you forgot yours. Possibly this person is a grouch, but sometimes you luck out and find an angel, like the woman who officiates at a place in my small town. One night, a down pillow I was cleaning exploded in the dryer near the end of the cycle, so the feathers were light and staticky. I opened the door to try to save things and made the most horrendous mess. White fluff billowed out into the room and stuck to everything it touched. I didn't look exactly like Big Bird, but it was close. This woman was so deft and calm, sweeping the surroundings and dusting me off, I wanted to cry. She had clearly seen this before. She vacuumed out the dryer's barrel, pitched the ripped pillow cover, and the whole catastrophe was over in about six minutes, me still standing there red-faced and alarmed. Public embarrassment unmans me, as the saying goes, and I hate causing anyone trouble. I was so grateful I wanted to give her my car, but instead I thanked her too effusively, put $10 in the tip jar, and drove home. Now, of course, it makes a good story. 
Dislike of public embarrassment might be definitively middle class, too. Award-winning poet Molly Fisk writes, coaches, and teaches writing in California's Sierra Nevada foothills. You can reach her at mollyfisk.com. This program is produced at the studios of KVMR-FM, Nevada City, California. Funding is provided by Harmony Books of Downtown Nevada City and KVMR with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. That's our newscast for Thursday, March 23rd. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza and airs every weeknight at 6. Remember to tune into KVMR in case of emergency to get up-to-the-minute reports at the top of the hour or as news breaks. If you missed any of our newscasts or interviews, you can listen at kvmr.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can always connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Joyce Miller signing off. Join us Friday at 6 for the next edition of the KVMR Evening News.